I'm Joe Catalano with an AM Quincy News update for Friday, January 5th. Police yesterday identified the pedestrian who was struck and killed by a vehicle in the vicinity of the apartment complex at 1000 Southern Artery in Quincy Points on Wednesday. Police identified that pedestrian as 85-year-old John Collins of Quincy. Police got 911 calls about 925 Wednesday morning reporting a pedestrian had been struck by a motor vehicle in front of the apartment complex near the intersection of South Street and Southern Artery. Police, fire, and Brewster ambulance all responded to the scene. The victim was taken to South Shore Hospital and pronounced dead about three hours later. The driver, a 63-year-old Quincy man, called 911 and remained at the scene. The crash remains under investigation. A 14-year-old Quincy boy has been reported missing and may be a runaway. Quincy police are searching for 14-year-old Lamari Jameson, known as LJ. Police say the boy's guardian dropped him off at Quincy High School at 7.35 Wednesday morning, but the boy disappeared before the guardian could pick him up at the end of the day. Police say he was seen in school. Police say Jameson is known to frequent the nearby YMCA and McDonald's restaurant, but the Guardian believes the boy could be in Boston. Jameson is described as a black male, about 5 foot 5, 120 pounds, with brown eyes and black hair, possibly braided. He was last seen wearing a blue Quincy High School crew neck sweater, black jacket, black sweatpants, purple and black Jordan sneakers, and a black and red backpack. Anyone with information as to Jameson's whereabouts is asked to contact Quincy Police. A public meeting will be held later this month regarding plans to build a new Squantum Elementary School in Quincy. The meeting has been scheduled for January 17th at 6 p.m. at the Squantum School Gym. Quincy Mayor Thomas Koch says tremendous progress has been made in finalizing the prototype design for the new school building since the last meeting in September. Koch says the owner's project manager, PCA360, and the architects from Arrow Street have collaborated to launch a school building project website at squantumschool.com. The plans call for demolishing the current school, which is over 100 years old, and building a new school at that site. The Massachusetts School Building Authority has agreed to reimburse the city for a portion of the cost of the new school. More than 350 of Interfaith Social Services supporters gathered to party with a purpose at the organization's recent Feed the Hungry Gala that was held on December 8th at Granite Links. The event raised more than $395,000 for interfaith programs. Interfaith Social Services operates one of Greater Boston's largest emergency food pantries, a mental health counseling center, thrift shop, and homelessness prevention programs. Since 1947, Interfaith has been a safety net for thousands of children and families across the South Shore. Fundraising at the Feed the Hungry Gala accounts for a significant percentage of Interfaith's budget. Rick Doan, the CEO, says the organization's serving more people now than at any other time in their over 75-year history. The food pantry saw a 30% increase in demand for services in 2023. Feed the Hungry guests enjoyed an evening of food and beverage samples, games, silent auction, and live music. 
The date for this year's gala has already been scheduled for December 6th at Granite Links. Quincy Emergency Management Director Allie Sleeman has earned recognition from the International Association of Emergency Managers by being among the select few professionals designated as a certified emergency manager. According to the International Association of Emergency Managers, it is the highest honor of personal and professional achievement available to emergency managers which has an extensive membership base of professionals whose goals are saving lives and protecting property and the environment during emergencies and disasters. The designation is held by less than 2,000 individuals worldwide in the emergency management profession. Norfolk County Register of Deeds Bill O'Donnell says the Norfolk County recordings in December show a decline In the total number of property sales and mortgages compared to December 2022, he says the decline can be attributed to a limited inventory of new and existing property for sale and a housing market that continues to struggle with mortgage interest rates that meet or exceed 7%. The registry recorded 8,015 documents in December 23, 15% fewer than in December of 2022, and a 7% decrease compared to November of 2023. Total number of deeds recorded for last December, which reflects both commercial and residential property, was 1,235. That's down 3% from December of 2022. And the average sale price of commercial and residential properties for December fell to just over $871,000, a 7% decrease compared to December of 2022. The total dollar volume of commercial and residential sales is also down, decreasing 15% from last year and 14% from last month. For the month of December, lending activity overall continued to decline From December of last year, a total of 1,124 mortgages were recorded. It is 19% less than last year, 4% less than last month. Uh, A potential ban on miniature bottles of alcohol is up for a vote in Plymouth this month. While the Plymouth Town Meeting approved a ban on mini liquor bottles in October, A local package store owner is fighting back, putting the issue up for a special town-wide vote on January 13th. A yes vote would ban the sale of mini liquor bottles in Plymouth. A no vote would allow those travel-sized bottles to remain on store shelves. Communities such as Quincy, Chelsea, Falmouth, and Newton have similar bans in place. The Plymouth Town Clerk estimated the special referendum cost taxpayers upwards of $57,000. Early voting starts at Town Hall tomorrow, with polls opening townwide on Saturday, January 13th. Well, Massachusetts has become the latest state where some residents are attempting to bar former President Donald Trump from the Republican presidential primary and general election ballot. A liberal advocacy group known as Free Speech for People and Massachusetts-based civil rights firm Lichten and Liss Reardon late yesterday filed an objection with the Massachusetts Ballot Law Commission to have Trump's name on the ballot. 
The challenge cites Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to the Constitution, which prohibits the election of anyone who previously, under an oath of office, engaged in insurrection or rebellion. Free speech for people, says the challengers in Massachusetts, are a mix of Republican, Independent, and Democratic voters. The challengers include former Boston Mayor Kim Janey, a Democrat, and two leading law professors. Maine and Colorado have moved to take Trump's name off the ballot, citing the insurrection clause of the Constitution. U.S. Supreme Court appears poised to take on the issue of his eligibility for office. The Mass GOP responded to the petition, saying in part, quote, we believe that disqualification of a presidential candidate through legal maneuverings sets a dangerous precedent for democracy, end quote. Trump is among seven Republican candidates set to appear in the March 5th presidential primary ballot in Massachusetts. The order that the candidates' names will appear on the ballot was determined during a drawing overseen by Secretary of State Bill Galvin earlier this week. Well, patience is a virtue. The age-old saying undoubtedly epitomizes a Massachusetts man's winning lottery story. Frederick Norian from Bridgewater recently claimed a $1.74 million jackpot prize that was at stake in the Massachusetts Lottery's Megabucks drawing that took place on December 18th. Norian told the lottery he and his wife had been playing the same numbers in the multiple draw games for 40 years. They've selected an entirely new set of numbers to play moving forward now that they finally won. The lottery said that Norian chose the cash option on his prize and received a one-time payment of $1.22 million. He and his wife planned to use some of the winnings to make renovations to their kitchen. Norian purchased the ticket at the Roach Brothers on Route 18 in Bridgewater. The store received a $17,400 bonus for the sale of the ticket. Norian's first victory Marks the first Megabucks jackpot won since the game was redesigned in November to bring more value to players, with better odds of winning, a higher average jackpot, and double the winnings for all non-jackpot prize tiers. Monday's drawings were added to the traditional lineup of Wednesday and Saturday drawings, and the price of a ticket went from $1 to $2. A check of business news this morning. Stocks are mixed. The Dow is up 10 points. The Nasdaq fell 81. The S&P dropped 16. Asian stocks were down, and oil is trading at just over $72 a barrel. In sports, the Pittsburgh Penguins beat the Bruins 6-5. The Bees will host uh, Tampa Bay tomorrow night. At 7 o'clock tonight at the Garden, Celtics host the Jazz at 7. Of course, Patriots' final game of the season is at Gillette Stadium Sunday at 1 o'clock against the New York Jets. The NASA National Weather Service forecast is calling for a sunny, cold day today with highs only in the low to mid-30s. For tonight, cloudy and cold, a low 17. Cloudy all day tomorrow, a high of 35 degrees, and then watching the... uh, Storm for Sunday. There'll be snow and some mixed precipitation here at the coast. Expected accumulations on the south shore anywhere from 3 to 6 inches with a high Sunday 34. Sunshine returns on Monday with a high of 36. For the boater today, waves about 2 feet. Northwest winds 10 to 15, gusting to 25 knots. 
There is a small craft advisory which will turn into a gale watch later today. Next high tide, 6.15 p.m. Sunrise, 7.12, set 4.25. I'm Joe Catalano with an AM Quincy News Update for Friday, January 5th.